Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Deer is going to space, and it's tapped Elon Musk's SpaceX to do it. The maker of tractors and combines will use the Starlink network to provide satellite communication service to farmers to, quote, fully leverage precision agriculture technologies in even the most rural of areas. Terms of the deal undisclosed, but the partnership is an industry first. More than a year in the making, spearheaded by Deere's chief technology officer, Jamie Hindman. Yeah, it, it opens up the world of uh, high-speed connectivity to, you know, the full Deere tech stack for us. And so those are things like the capability to do uh, in-field data sharing of, of information between two machines that might be working in the same field. It's also the ability uh, for remote display access so a farm manager uh, and understand how a machine is operating. And another important point is sort of forecasting the future and, and where culture, the opportunity uh, associated with autonomy. We think the, the Starlink solution is really a bedrock solution for us to be able to build an autonomy stack as well. It comes as Deer looks to build out a software services business that's less sick than simply making and selling machines, though the business model for Starlink-enabled connectivity is still to be determined. For SpaceX, it speaks to the Starlink business model, which, at a SpaceX all-hands meeting recently, Elon Musk reiterated. Starlink is supplemental to terrestrial uh, internet. Um, it is not, uh, does not replace it. It is, um, Starlink does, not, it does really well for uh, like low population density areas. Um, but it is, it is really not going to be competitive in high-density cities. Uh, or it's, it's really low-density low, low situations, which is really where the need is. Um, so anyway, works well with, works well with other Internet providers, is what I'm saying. Starlink now touts more than 5,000 satellites, millions of users, and a growing list of business customers and partners, including Hawaiian Airlines, Carnival, T-Mobile, and now Deer. On this episode, Dear CTO rejoins me after our initial discussion last May to discuss this industry-first deal, working with SpaceX, and what space enables for Deer's business on Earth. I'm Morgan Brennan, and this is Manifest Space. Well, Jamie Heinemann, CTO of Deer, thank you so much for joining me. It's great to speak with you about this new news, this industry-first deal that you have just announced between Deer and SpaceX's Starlink. Walk me through it. All right. It's great to be here, Morgan. So thanks for the time. Uh, fundamentally, the deal is all about providing satellite connectivity uh, to our agricultural machines that, as you probably well know, uh, don't always operate in a, a place where terrestrial cellular connectivity is available. So this Closes that gap. We estimate about 30% of the acres in the U.S. market, uh, as an example, uh, aren't connected today with uh, with cellular connectivity, and about 70% of the acres in another important market, Brazil, are not connected. So this solves for that connectivity gap to be able to access all the technology that's available to those farmers that do have uh, cellular connectivity today. I mean, you and I spoke last May about this. You had the request for proposal out. You were uh, testing technologies and fielding interest from, I believe it was dozens of satellite communications companies at the time. You put that 
RFP out in the fall of 2022. So this has been more than a year in the making. Why did you decide on SpaceX? That's a great question. So we uh, we narrowed down that that list of you know 40 or so companies down into just a handful that we carried through uh, what I'll call maybe a beta testing phase that, that happened over the last eight to 10 months. Uh, and, and we deployed their hardware uh, and their, their constellation capabilities into real customer applications over the last eight to 10 months uh, and evaluated the capabilities sort of in the field, so to speak, no pun intended. Uh, and SpaceX just top in terms of, of capability. Uh, also, uh, that capability in terms of what the customer experience was like and what value was being created for growers in both the U.S. and Brazilian markets. So what did that capability look like in beta testing for Starlink? Uh, what, what made yeah, it so it, compelling? Yeah, it, it opens up the world of uh, high-speed connectivity to, you know, the full deer tech stack for us. And so those are things like the capability to do uh, in-field data sharing of, of information between two machines that might be working in the same field. It's also the ability uh, for remote display access so a farm manager uh, can understand how a machine is operating and, and maybe change the settings on that machine as well. That, that sort of capability is really important in the here and the now. And then, Morgan, I think a, another important point is sort of forecasting the future and, and where culture, the opportunity uh, associated with autonomy, you know, the, the labor shortage uh, is in, in rural locations across the globe is uh, is problematic. And we view autonomy as a way to, to help resolve that. Autonomy depends upon uh, a high degree of connectivity. Uh, and, and we just uh, we think the, the Starlink solution is really a bedrock solution for us to be able to build an autonomy stack as well. So in terms of that connectivity, we're talking about older machines as well as new machines. How quickly does yeah. this deploy? And what does this mean in terms of the business model around this deal? Yeah, great question. So we're going to start with with a, a relatively small handful of customers in, in 2024 uh, that we will put the technology on their existing uh, existing units. And that'll be the strategy for a bit is sort of this field install approach because the, the population of field units is much larger than what we, we would produce new on an annual basis. And that, uh, that's already available on those units uh, once you have connectivity. So we'll start with that field population first uh, and then eventually move it into the new machines that are coming out of the factory. Uh, in terms of business model, we're still in the midst of trying to determine what that looks like. That'll be the effort over the next six to eight to 12 months as we experiment with customers in this uh, pilot phase over, over the 24, really to determine what the value is that they're seeing in their operations and how we can best create a business model that helps them digest uh, both the hardware and the, and the connection, the data uh, fees associated with the connection in their operations. Okay, so it's still to be decided or to a certain extent yep. in terms of what this looks like for your consumers and for your, for your machine, consumers of, of, of your machines. Um, what is the partnership, I guess, what does the deal look like with SpaceX? Because this had been considered and watched closely as perhaps one of the biggest, if not biggest, potentially uh, commercial satellite communications deals or competitions that was out there. So, so how does that partnership play out? What are the financial agreements around it? Yeah, yeah, I won't go into the contract specifics um, in, in particular, Morgan, but fundamentally what we needed to do is be able to provide a hardware set that uh, would live in the ruggedized environment that we operate in from an agricultural perspective. So Starlink did work with us in order to modify the hardware associated with us to be able to run in those those difficult, dusty, hot, you know, high debris uh, agricultural environments. So that was thing one. We needed a, an organization, a company that was willing to work uh, on 
a solution that would live in the environments that operate in. And then second to that, um, we needed a, an organization that was capable of moving quickly. Uh, and and uh, in addition to moving quickly, sort of the, one of the benefits of Starlink is the vertical integration vis-a-vis uh, -vis SpaceX all the way through you know, the, their solution set and their solution chain. So they demonstrated the capability fairly quickly uh, in within uh, our working relationship with them to solve the problems, the dilemmas that we had, these uh, beta testing environments, and to solve them quickly. And that gave us a lot of confidence in the solution moving forward. So <clears throat> as the details of all of this and this, this service offering come together here over the next year plus, what does it mean for DEER and the financials of DEER? And I guess more pointedly, does it smooth out some of the cyclicality we've seen uh, in financial performance if you start to see more of that revenue come from things like services? I absolutely think, Morgan, that it, it does a couple things for us. You know, it unlocks the opportunity to see deer technology, not new stuff, but existing stuff that, that just relies upon connectivity to a new customer base. Uh, and that in and of itself, I think bodes well in the short term to be connected to a broader base of customers. I think it opens up the potential for more of these technology solutions to penetrate the market faster. And for us, yes, that absolutely means that, uh, um, it's a helpful lift in damping out the cyclicality of a, an otherwise cyclical business. You and I have talked about this before, the fact that Deer has participated in space-based or space-related um, work for many, many years now. I mean, just thinking about GPS-enabled machines. What does this next level of connectivity enable from a precision agriculture standpoint? What does it un unlock? Because I almost think of it as like a 2.0. Yeah, great question. So, you know, we, we have been um, connected to space technology for almost 25 years with GNSS. Similar to that, that step we took 25 years ago, just in the data transmission uh, side of, of space capability. Uh, and, and that unlock is agronomic data from the farm that helps a grower make better decisions, you know, within a growing season. It's logistic data means uh, where are all of the pieces of equipment and, and all of the, the important parts of the farm, where are they? Are they operating at full capacity? If not, how can I modify things to improve the efficiency of that system? All of those things, I think, are really, really helpful to going, creating a more efficient and more effective farm operation in the future. So this partnership, is this going to be exclusive with SpaceX and Starlink, or do you see it as a stepping stone to do more work, more partnerships with others on the space front or, or other technologies and, and technological capabilities as they evolve? If you think of the capabilities of space and where the commercialization of space uh, is and where it's going, really interesting opportunities to do things like higher fidelity earth observation. So, you know, crop monitoring from space. We obviously have this opportunity with connectivity uh, that we're talking about today. I think there's continuing to be further opportunity to improve the geo um, solutions that we have uh, with respect to time. And so I, I'm, I'm bullish on uh, how to, to inhabitants of, of earth with space technologies from an agricultural industry perspective. Great. Anything else to keep in mind, whether it's about this deal or, or whether it's about precision agriculture and the and the tech that you're employing and uh, enabling at, at Deer for the future? I think I think more just important to recognize there's a ton of technology in agriculture. Like this is just the tip of the iceberg, so to speak. It's super exciting for us, no doubt. Uh, but it's a great industry to work in, and and it's a great industry for technology to make a difference. 
All right, Jamie Heineman, thanks so much for joining me. Appreciate it. Thanks, Morgan. You too. That does it for this episode of Manifest Space. Make sure you never miss a launch by following us wherever you get your podcasts and by watching our coverage on Closing Bell Overtime. I'm Morgan Brennan. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.